offering peace talks until they get in range. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that never speaks with forked tongue. He can't tell the Twin Cities apart. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to another exciting, thrill-packed episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. It's a cloudy day in beautiful Arizona. Uh, we had a major rainstorm last night. I don't know how much rain we got, but there was a lot of thunder and lightning involved, and I dreamt that I was back in Illinois, where it seems to do that more frequently than any other place I lived. It's uh, interesting to wake up, and everything is completely dry. If that had happened in Illinois, I'd wake up to you know, 80% humidity and everything completely soaked. But in Arizona, the water runs off the ground and uh, the low humidity makes the rest of it evaporate. And it looks like nothing ever happened outside, but it is cloudy today. So Randy's not quite as perky as he usually is. He, there's something about the sun that um, if it's not up there, he is uh, concerned. Will it ever come back again? Uh, where did it go? Why is it hiding from me? Uh, it, it takes on a personal uh, con concern for Randy. And so I try to help him understand that this is only a temporary condition. Cloudy days in Arizona are few and far between. Anyway, we are here to help people feel confident about that transition between Obamacare and Medicare. If you're approaching the thought process that we'll go into dealing with Medicare and you're concerned about the decisions you're going to have to make, I want to tell you that this my life's work is to make it a little easier for you, to simplify the process, to make it less scary, and to make it more rewarding, if possible. And so that's why this uh, podcast exists, and that's why I wrote my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. If you go to uh, Barnes & Noble, you'll find a paperback with beautiful color illustrations. If you go to Amazon.com, you'll find that same paperback with black and white illustrations. Plus, you will find a hardcover book that's suitable for gift giving to your friends and neighbors. If you go to Amazon, you will also find a Kindle version or an ebook that you can purchase for a very, very reasonable price, something under $4. And you will also find an audible version of the book in which you, uh, if you're a little too lazy to turn those pages, uh, you'll basically be allowing me to turn the pages for you and uh, to spoon feed the content into your head. So I often, um, uh, require that people not require request that people read the book in order to gain the closest thing to a perfect understanding of Medicare that there can be. And many of the people who read the book contact me and say, wow, I had no idea. Thank you very much for sharing that content with me. Then I snatch them up and make them my clients. So that's why we're here today so that eventually I can I can uh, gain some additional clientele and uh, guarantee that everybody comes out the other side happy and uh, satisfied with the whole process. Now, often at this time on some of my podcast episodes, I ask my friend and podcast engineer, Randy Carson, to play our 
30-second radio spot that explains the motivation we have and explains the way you can access the knowledge that we have. I've probably just told you everything you need to know, but I, I like the Rolling Stones, and so I'm going to ask Randy to play it right now, and I'm going to be quiet. Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. That's uh, just another way of expressing our uh, dedication to your Medicare knowledge. Hey, Randy, uh, did you uh, wake up during that big thunderstorm we had last night? I did. And I woke, uh, up, I, I woke up several times. I, I mean, I, I don't. I woke up. I go, what is that? Oh, oh, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, that's, you've been that's out thunder and lightning. <laughs> you've been out here longer than I have, so it's not as fresh in your mind. Oh but, my, uh, that was quite a that was quite a thunder boomer last night. Yeah, it's what we used to describe as good sleeping weather. So I just rolled over, and went back to sleep again. Yeah, I, like I say, I don't, I don't know how much rain we got, but uh, you know, out here it's probably you know if we got an inch and a half we'd be underwater but that's oh absolutely yeah well the last time we had an inch and a half was what maybe a week ago and that was earlier in the day it was during the actual daytime and so the uh uh, emergency personnel posted themselves kind of close to the wash that runs behind our house to make sure that nobody drove into it and i'm sure that probably happens all over the place they have specified locations where if we get a certain amount of rain the washes are going to fill up and people and people need to be reminded not to drive their little their little yugos into a foot and a <laughs> half of water because they're going to wind up floating downstream and uh it's just not going to be a happy experience for them yeah yeah, it's kind of like anchors away yeah. my boy oh no kidding no it's it's a whole different deal out here. You can't, you really cannot. I mean, the, the washes when they're running out, I'm not, I'm not telling anything you don't know, but the washes when they're running out here, it's some serious stuff. It's like a river. When we lived in Tucson back in the seventies, you could guarantee that if we had an inch of rain in a given day, people were going to die. They would either drive along the road and then, you know, plow into a wall of water at, uh, you know, 60 miles an hour. Or, uh, and then this was tragic. I remember one particular time there were a bunch of little kids goofing around in a wash playing baseball or something because the washes can be wide and flat and sandy and they're kind of fun. They look like the beach, really, in many cases. And here came a flash flood from a rainstorm that occurred in the mountains. And mm-hmm. yeah. it occurred probably like hours before, but a flash flood from, uh, you know, hours ago rainstorm came rushing down this wash carrying the uh, trunk of a fairly good sized tree and it killed these little kids uh just just because they didn't know it was coming and they didn't realize what a dangerous place they were playing so well i'll never forget when i moved out here i moved out here in late 99 i think um something around that time but when i moved into this house Actually, when I got into Phoenix, when I, I drove out here into Phoenix, and 
when I got into Phoenix, uh, literally it was raining so hard when I arrived at Phoenix, you could not get the windshield wipers to go fast enough. Oh boy. So, so I'm thinking, okay, there seems to be an issue here. I thought this was the desert. <laughs> <laughs> What's all this water doing landing on my windshield? Yeah. And so then obviously you've been to my house and you, I don't know if you remember, but out behind the house, there's a, a big uh, common area, basically uh, never going to be built. But one of the things that is built back there is a huge, um, basically a receptacle pond, storage uh -huh. pond. A re know, retention, retention re pond. Re yes, that's it. A retention pond. <laughs> and the, I'm nothing if not a wordsmith. Uh, what when I t when I actually moved into the house that particular year had been so wet and rainy that that retention pond when I looked out my back over the fence yep. it looked like a lake. Yeah, well, that's pretty interesting because I remember looking out over your fence. I'd stand on one side of your pool and I'd gaze at all of this desert behind your rear fence, and uh, man, it looked like it could have been a lake because it drops down. So that yeah. would have been pretty deep water right behind your house. Yeah, and it it was crazy because I had no no understanding of what was going on because I when I got into Phoenix, I'm going. I don't understand why there's so much rain. And I stayed in the Hilton or I, I forget whether it was an actual, you know, a, a full service Hilton or it was a Hilton garden Inn or some freaking uh -huh. thing. I think uh -huh. it was a real, I think it was a real Hilton. And I walked And again, I'm staying there. I just arrived in Phoenix. I'm staying there for a few days while I get my stuff together, you know? And I, I actually walked into the lobby and there's like 25 buckets around in the lobby catching water running out of the roof or you know, wow. running and yeah. i go so now i'm going now i'm really confused i'm in the hilton and they can't even patch their roof and i'm going <laughs> and so i asked the i asked the uh the desk clerk i said what's what's with the buckets and he said well he goes you're not from here are you and i said no not not yet but i'm fixing to be so he goes, well, because we don't get any rain, very seldom do we get any rain, that the the few drops we get, we can't identify where the leaks are. Oh, yeah. So he said when it's when it's really, really raining is the only time that this happens. But by the time we get somebody out here to look, we can't find them. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I know there's a better solution than that. I, somebody's not trying hard enough to, to fix that hotel roof. We have, in our little neighborhood here, 43 homes, we have flat roofs, which a lot of people would say up north, you know, that's uh, that's just, you know, you're asking for trouble there. Yeah, flat roof. yeah. that there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, it's a problem waiting to happen. But this roof in uh, each of our houses is uh, uh, spray foam. And it was constructed by a spray foam company from Tucson. And uh, I, the reason I know their quality roofs is because a guy that owns a roofing company uh, lives south or north of us. And he used to get up every day and drive by this development when it was under construction. And I met this guy once and he said, you know, you've got the finest flat roofs available. And they were in, built and installed by the finest flat roof company. Uh, in the in the industry in Arizona. And so I felt pretty good about them. And what happened was we had a hailstorm in like October of 2010. And the hail uh, was 
picky about which house it uh, mm-hmm. des- destroyed. And so like I had my roof beat up by the hail and the, um, the, uh, you know, roof mounted, uh, air conditioner was, uh, you know, just pounded the, uh, fins were destroyed. They should have been better protected by louvers. But anyway, the, the, it rained after that and, and there was never a leak in my house. And I thought, wow, great. I had escaped the uh, expense of having to put a new roof on the house. And then I was told that these flat spray foam roofs, if you've got little pockmark, like golf ball size divots in the surface of that roof, then eventually that's just an invitation for leakage. And because uh, when it rains, even if it rains just a little bit, water's going to sit in those little pockmarks and eventually start leaking or seeping through. So I eventually did have to have my roof replaced, which it I didn't will think was fi- the answer. It will find you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, listen, uh, we, Randy knows this already, but this is going to be news to uh, the listening audience. I uh, was invited to become a guest on a podcast. And the way I was invited is that I subscribed to a newsletter uh, designed for podcasts looking for guests and for guests, potential guests looking for podcasts to become guests on. And so uh, I was scanning, I got my uh, weekly newsletter and I scanned down the list of podcasts and I saw a podcast uh, that interested me. And so I contacted it and originally, uh, you know, I didn't expect much, but the owner got back in touch with me. And the name of this podcast is Little Joe's Conservative Corner. And I thought, well, you know, I'm kind of a conservative guy in most areas. Uh, and so I wonder what this is like. So I started listening to his podcast and I thought, okay, this guy is not a meanie. He's not a, uh, he's kind of a happy go lucky guy, a happy go lucky guy. And so I actually, uh, reached out and I said, I, uh, would be happy to become a guest on your podcast if you want somebody to talk about Medicare. And it took a while for him to get interested in Medicare as a subject because he's a lot younger than I am. And so, uh, he, eventually came around to the fact that maybe there's a, a some podcast information here that his listeners might enjoy. And so we wound up um, sharing. This was last Friday. Uh, I, I uh, did a Zoom call with him because he's in Southern Florida. And then uh, we wound up with a 30-minute, 33-minute recording. That sounds pretty good when he uh, posted it on his podcast uh, host. And so I thought, uh, you know, I asked Randy if we could maybe do something to use that as podcast content for us. And he said, absolutely. And so I thought maybe we should listen to the first half of it today. And then the next episode we have, we can listen to the second half. And hopefully I can correct some maybe things that I should have stated more clearly. And I can explain a couple of things better than I did when I was on little Joe's uh, podcast. And thirdly, the real excellent uh, thing here is that uh, I don't have to come up with something to talk about for the next couple of days. So I like that part too. So Randy, are you in a position to play little Joe's conservative corner with me as the guest on it? Welcome back. It's Monday. Uh, today I have on the show Doug Jones. He reached out to me. He is a Medicare specialist and was uh, alluding to some type of a scandal that they had. He definitely sparked my interest. So we got together to have him on the show. Here is that interview. Morning, Doug. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you today? 
I'm pretty good. A little early for me, but uh, (laughs) you look perky. Oh, yeah, well, over here, what you're in uh, Arizona, so it's, what, 7 a.m.? It's about uh, 10 o'clock in the morning here, so I've been up for quite some time. So you're not working today, huh? No, um, the way my schedule runs, I'm uh, 410, so usually, they say 10, but I'm usually out about 12 hours Monday through Thursday. I see. Now, I got to tell you, I'm one of your long haulers that you ask people to tell you. I've listened to every episode. Oh, perfect. I'm not sure I'm in the group that you want to cultivate because I listened to them all in the last couple of months. I discovered you not that long ago. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but I did want to say that you've never said what you do for a living, what your real daily job is. I actually work for a landfill. Oh, okay. Excellent. Uh, then you would understand what I understand, which is there is plenty of room for landfills in this country, and we don't have to break our backs uh, recycling weird shit that uh, nobody should have to recycle no actually uh, you'd be surprised how damaging recycling actually is for society i somehow that doesn't surprise me i'm uh, fully in favor and my thing when i tell lefties uh, this is a problem for us i have to explain to them that they're going to be archaeology students that come behind us you know 100 years from now what are the archaeology students going to study if they don't have dumps to dig up to take it. Well, they're starting to mine a lot of dumps. Actually. Um, there are a lot of the older dumps. Now they're mining them, taking them apart, getting all the precious metals out of them and everything. So there's a big industry for that as well. There's a lot that goes on with dumps. I did not know about that. Yeah. That, and you know, something that should be good news for the, uh, the tree huggers. Yeah. (laughs) It should be. You would think. Yeah. So Doug, you contacted me and you're a specialist in your field and, Something you said sparked my interest during our conversation about uh, basically a scam that they're running. And I wanted you to talk quite a bit about that that because I haven't heard about it. I'm sure my my listeners haven't. So it'd be good to hear from an expert. Well, let me paint the picture for you. And you just stop me and ask any questions that come to mind. You got it. Basically, as you know, Medicare is health insurance for older people. And it's provided by the government. So when you get to be a certain age... Or if you're over that age and you decide to retire from work later than uh, you normally would, say you're 70 years old, you've been working till that age and you uh, decide to retire, you can move right into the government insurance program known as Medicare. And generally speaking, it pays the bills for treatment by uh, doctors and hospitals and you know various uh, other um, medical providers, laboratories, and so forth. And it doesn't pay 100%. So there is room for uh, a person coming on to Medicare to make a choice. And this is what I do. I simplify this process for people that are getting to be that age. You can buy a Medicare supplement, which fills in the holes and the gaps in Medicare. So it makes the government program pretty much seamless. It pays for everything that the doctors and hospitals would charge. Now that's the uh, solution that I recommend to my clients. The other option that they can take is to buy what's known as a Medicare Advantage plan. A Medicare Advantage plan pays for everything, but it takes away Medicare. So if you're on Medicare, you've got Part A and Part B, and you buy a Medicare Advantage plan, they say, okay, we're taking away your Medicare, but we're going to substitute our program that we have developed. 
And then if you listen to these TV ads with uh, uh, Joe Namath and, you know, J.J. Walker and so forth, you'll hear all kinds of extras that they promise to throw in. So it sounds like these Medicare Advantage plans are really, really nice uh, programs for people to join up. The problem, there are several problems with them. They have so many moving parts that, and they make so many promises that they are apt to disappoint the plan holders in a big way. And this is why at the end of the year, when you're allowed to change plans, there's a big hoorah. All the insurance companies are trying to contact people that have Medicare Advantage to get them to join their plan because they're pissed off with the plan they have. They cannot go outside the plan to see doctors. They have to use doctors in the plan. Most of them have a restriction about seeking treatment from a specialist. You have to get permission to seek treatment from a specialist. There have been a lot of news stories about these plans denying permission. So people are not able to go seek treatment from a specialist. And then if they have the gonads to actually uh, protest that, uh, through the legal uh, steps that they have available, then the plans cave in and say, oh, okay, we were wrong. But they do that because most of the people won't take those extra steps. They'll pay for the extra treatment out of their own pocket instead because it's too much trouble. What's the average cost for like a person if if they're doing that, that they're paying out of pocket that they shouldn't be? Well, it could be that they need cancer treatment. You know, it's hard to say what the average cost would be, but it could be that they need some kind of special treatment to make their lives less painful, right. but it's not going to kill them. Or it could be that they have the early stages of something that's really serious, and a specialist would be the one to, to seek treatment from. But if the plan wants to save money, what they do is they say, no, we're going to say no to everybody that asks for permission to see a specialist, and then We'll, if they uh, keep coming after us, then we're going to cave in. So some of the people will never uh, request that additional benefit. They'll just pay for it out of pocket or not, or they'll go without the treatment. Now, the other part of the scam is that when the insurance companies make a deal with the government, the government likes it because it's cheaper to have the insurance companies handle all the medical treatment for these people rather than have them be on traditional Medicare. It saves them a couple of thousand dollars a year times many millions of people sure so that's why republicans especially think it's a great way to go it's fiscally conservative and sound it looks like to them and the biggest enemies of these plans are my political enemies they're the uh lefties that um really don't like free enterprise they fight these plans like the devil because they say well they're made by private insurance companies and they don't have a uh, uh, stake in the, you know, they don't want to help people. They just basically want to make money. So that's what the lefties say. I say people are not well served by these plans because they have no freedom of choice. They're not able to seek treatment from any doctor that they want to. They can't go to the Mayo Clinic. They can't go to places that are not in the network of their plan. Often these networks are just local. So they can't go to the Sloan Kettering Cancer Institute unless they pay for it themselves or, or convince somebody that it's medically necessary, you know, and good luck with that. Oh yeah. I'm I'm sure a lot of these programs are ridiculously expensive. Right. But they have JJ Walker or Joe Namath telling them they're going to get a ride to their doctor's appointment. They're going to get a free lunch and all that stuff. And so they, this sounds beautiful on the outside. Now here's the other part of the scam. Once an insurance company signs up a uh, person to be on their plan, 
Then they have a follow-up and they say, we want to help you take care of your health. So we're going to have our person come by or call you or whatever and ask you a bunch of questions about your health history and your needs. And do you have social determinants of health uh, problems? Like uh, do you have food insecurities? They have all these terminology. that. Right. Uh, so when they find out that there is something more than average wrong with a person, they go back to the federal government and they say, hey, we want extra money to take care of this person because they might have diabetes or they've got um, cancer. Or they've got something else that makes them a worse than average risk. The government pays up. And this is uh, a source of fraud. These companies are sending their agents out and they pay their agents for a questionnaire. And then the questionnaire gets sent to the government. And when they spot check these things, they find a lot of them are fake. So they, the government watchdogs have said that we think there's billions of dollars of fraud being paid to insurance companies that have Medicare Advantage plans that they have lured people into. And so, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where the feds are paying the freight to get the convenience of not having to have the people on Medicare. Of course. And, well, it's similar, similar Social Security. I mean, originally, their their plan for Social Security was they figure the average lifespan, you're never going to make it there. So they collect that money from you your whole life. And in the end, they don't have to pay out. Very similar yeah. to that. Yeah, very similar. Now, the other thing, too, is that once you're on a Medicare Advantage plan for a year, you don't have any legal right to come back to a Medicare supplement plan, which is the kind of plan I sell. It gives perfect freedom of choice, uh, but you have to pay a little bit of money every month. So people say, well, why should I want to pay anything when I can have one of these beautiful Medicare Advantage plans for free? If you're on a Medicare Advantage plan too long and your health goes to pot, you are screwed if you want to change back to original Medicare which the government provided has the full freedom of choice and then get a Medicare supplement. So that's the, the other big problem that they don't tell people their rights are going to be, if they don't move quickly, their rights are going to be gone. So now when, when somebody is trying to get Medicare originally, mm -hmm. uh, what is it? What is the basic plan truly cover? I mean, does it even really take care of the needs that you're going to have at those ages between prescriptions and seeing doctors and whatever you want, or is there really almost no benefit to it? No, Medicare is pretty good, but uh, it's got two weak points that I see. First of all, it's based on the original Blue Cross Blue Shield health plan that, that was invented in the 1920s. So it's very antiquated. So I have to explain it in two ways. I have to say that Part A of Medicare pays for inpatient treatment. Anytime you're in a hospital or a nursing home, if you're locked up in an institution, that's what pays for your treatment there, Part A. Part B pays for what we mostly have, especially younger people, is outpatient treatment. That's going to be your doctor's appointments, uh, lab test results, um, MRIs, did you break a bone? Do you have a disease? All this testing that needs to be done. And both of those together make up a pretty good program, except they only pay 80%. It's got a little tiny deductible, but then it starts at 80% for the outpatient uh, treatment, part B. And so you want to get something that covers that other 20%. Otherwise, you could go broke if you had something bad happen to you. Sure. So what I sell is very inexpensive coverage that takes care of that 
Plus, it takes care of overseas travel. If you have an emergency in a foreign country, it'll it'll get you back home. Um, and it has other things, but that's it's all government mandated benefits. But it's very inexpensive. Doesn't pay very much in commission, so you got to have a lot of people if you want to do well. The Medicare Advantage plans, people are falling all over themselves to sell those because the commission is huge. I got you. Now, let me ask you, well, what about drug prices? Well, what's your opinion on everything going on with that? Because Donald Trump had it down, for, at least from my understanding, drug prices were in a good spot. And then Biden reversed all that. Now he brought forth a different plan that looks more like socialized medicine to me. But yeah, since you're involved in it a little more heavily, you could speak on it. Well, here's what happens when you're on Medicare. You have to buy a separate freestanding drug plan if you have the freedom of choice coverage that I sell. If you buy a Medicare Advantage plan, they say the drugs are included. But no company, no plan sells all drugs. They only they have a list of drugs, a formulary, and those are the only ones that they're going to provide for the plan participant. Now, when it comes to the larger picture of what Trump had in mind for drug acquisition and drug coverage, I'm not good with the details. I am down in the pits with the people, and I'm trying to get them the best uh, coverage, the most bang for their buck as possible. But I always keep in mind that drug companies have huge, huge expenses. They're out there doing R&D that costs tons of money in order to find a drug that's going to be effective and safe for a disease that we have that we want to cure or a vaccine to prevent a disease. I read a book back in the 1970s called Wheel, or excuse me, called uh, uh, Strong Medicine by a guy named Arthur Haley. And it explained how these drug companies back in the days before computers had to take semi truckloads of paper from their tests to the FDA and unload these, these, uh, you know, semis, these uh, 18 wheelers full of their test results. And then the FDA would take a year or two to go through those test results. All of this stuff cost huge amounts of money. When the drug companies are able to finally release a drug that does some good for people, they've got to get that money back or else they're going to go out of business and we won't have new drugs coming down the pike. So right. I think I think we want them, whatever happens with either Trump's plan or, you know, God forbid, Biden's plan, we want the drug companies to be able to make a reasonable profit on what they do. And what they do, the expense of what they do is driven up by medic, by uh, rules uh, that the government has instituted. You probably don't know about the thalidomide scare. Does that? Um, no, it doesn't ring a bell. Back in the early 60s, there was a drug that was released in England uh, for pregnant women. It, it um, stopped morning sickness, and it really did a good job of that. Uh, it was not approved in the U.S. The FDA either hadn't had time to approve it or whatever. So guys that were traveling to Europe for business would come home with this thalidomide, it was pills, in their suitcases, give them to their pregnant wives who were experiencing morning sickness, and all of a sudden a rash of babies was being born without arms, without legs, and uh, it oh, was wow. just a horrible set of, of um, birth defects brought on by this one drug. Well, there's the first half of Little Joe's Conservative Corner episode where he interviews me, and I was prepared to tell Randy to come to a screeching halt 
at a couple of times during the podcast. It turns out I didn't make as many mistakes as I thought I made. The one big mistake I made was that uh, Medicare covers about 80% of medical expenses, and I should have said that the plans the freedom of choice plans that I encourage my clients to buy cover about 20% of the outstanding medical bills. And I didn't say that. I actually said my plans cover 80%. So other than that, so far, so good. I don't see any huge glaring uh, problems with my description of the what I consider to be uh, inappropriate treatment of the money that the federal government doles out for the medical treatment of older people every year. Uh, I'm trying to dance around the word scam, but uh, I'm not doing it successfully. So what we're going to do is come back and revisit this same podcast. Uh, We're going to finish the second half of Little Joe's Conservative Corner podcast with yours truly as the guest. And that will be our episode for the next time you, you hear this voice. So thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Randy Carson, for making it sound as good as it could possibly sound. And we will look forward to seeing you again next time.